You know the vibes. We're back. Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K24. Myself, Mo Moonsi, alongside the one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, how you doing? Oh, Mo, it's great to see you. No, I miss you. When I we don't do it, we don't do the podcast here. You know, something's not right in my day. So I hate good to you. see you, see you, face. Good to see you too, and brother. And talk a little hoop and, you know, and, and get back to doing what we do. You know, I I, I can't go this, I can't go uh, four or five days without talking to Mo. You know, this is something <laughs> see you right in my day now. I feel, you know, we've been away for a little bit. You know, there's been a, been planning a lot for next season. We're trying to grow this show and we've got to lay some foundations down so that we can make this bigger and better for you guys next season. Um, been moving house and all this other stuff so it's been a whole lot of a mess so pretty soon you'll see a brand new studio behind me well, not quite the legendary jerseys that bj has behind him but uh it'll be legendary nonetheless i need, I need to get i need to get one from bj how am i not got a, a bj armstrong autograph jersey? I, 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 I don't know no how idea. that's happening. i i i, I don't you i need, know BJ, we, I'm we, need we, you we to have... send me one well mo i think in, in in our world in the in the media world we have to do in exchange, we got to do a jersey exchange. Don't oh, we? I got Isn't you. that what we have to do? I, I got you. I got, I got you. <laughs> is, is that what they do? Yeah, that's you know, right. You got to exchange jerseys. That's right. You know? That's right. Um, but yeah, so so we've been away for a little bit, but it's not been too bad because not too much has happened in the NBA world other than Damian Lillard's continued saga trying to force his way to the Miami Heat. The NBA sent out a memo um, telling teams that Dame would play for them if they traded for him. But that didn't really seem to encourage many trade talks. Not much movement on James Harden to the Clippers either. But what I wanted to talk about to start the show was Jalen Brown's extension. I don't believe you've spoken about that yet, have we, B? No, no, we haven't. Congratulations to Jalen Brown, who got the biggest contract in NBA history. Is that right? To date, to date. So far. We say that every summer. We say that every yeah, summer. Yeah, so this we'll is, say it. This is the thing that I think people aren't realizing, okay? Jalen Brown getting the biggest contract is timing and timing alone. It's not to say Jalen Brown is the best player in the NBA, so we're giving him a five-year, 300 million deal. It's the salary cap goes up every year, and the max salary is a percentage. I think it's 35% if you stay with your team of the salary cap, or 30% if you change teams. So... Other players who change teams aren't eligible for the 35%. They have to get a 30%. And then next year, you're going to see 320 million, 350 million. Then the year after, you'll see, I think it'll be Luka Doncic who gets the first 400 million deal. So congratulations to Jalen getting his bag. What did you think of Boston paying to retain him? Well, you know, Mo, I, I think the, the, the following. It's not, it's not so much what he gets paid. It's how do you replace a player that's that productive? Mm -hmm. You know, Jalen Brown is a very, very good basketball player. And then immediately we start looking at the numbers and then we, we put these, well, if he's getting paid this much, then we should expect X, Y, X, Y, and Z. The fact of the matter is this. Jalen Brown is a really good player. All and whatever these players are able to do, just like the owners in this business of professional sports, and we're, we're we just happen to be talking about basketball, you know, these salaries are all, you know, because of the following: they they have partnered with these owners, and everyone's getting their piece of the pie. 
And when I look at a player like Jaden Brown and others, I go, it's pretty good. And it's good because those players have put themselves in the position to be able to attain such a thing. However, before we start saying whether they deserve it or not, how are you going to replace that player? Mm -hmm. How are you going to replace that player? I, I also think just on the topic real quick of players deserving contracts, I think, and it sounds crazy to say, a lot of the NBA players who are on the biggest salaries are underpaid. Like a Steph Curry, for example, he's brought more value to the Warriors organization than they have paid him in salary throughout his career. Because if you look at the valuation of franchises and how much that grows as an investment, especially when you have successful teams, the value that he's created for the owners of the Golden State Warriors far surpasses what they've paid him back in salaries. So there's more to it than just comparing it to other NBA well, players. Yeah, well, they go hand in hand. The players and the governors, they go hand in hand. They they all work. And when they work together, everyone will get their piece of the pie. Now, the players are negotiating for the largest percent that they can get. The league is negotiating. And they've come to this, you know, this cooperation that they have with each other to be able to grow the game. So congratulations to Jalen Brown. Congratulations to the future players who will benefit from this current negotiation. Congratulations to the governors who are benefiting from this. Mo and BJ are benefiting from this. <laughs> Content. The fans are benefiting from this. So they all go hand in hand. The, the great thing about the league is that when you understand your lane and how you fit into this puzzle, it's a beautiful thing because you now you begin to work and you see the benefit of this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this business is an incredible business. It's an incre incredible business structure, the way it operates. And when everyone comes together and plays their position, it, it, it just works beautifully. However, you know, it, it's very easy for us to get in and start becoming saying, well, this guy doesn't deserve it. This person deserves more. They all work hand in hand. So it's a great thing. I think to see to where this game has gone more, well, I'm a little older than you. So to see where this game has gone from when I came in, in the eighties to now, I never in my wildest imagination would have ever thought that I would see franchises worth a billion dollars, mm -hmm. let alone multi-billion dollars, mm -hmm. you know, having friends now who have become owners in this business, governors in this business, and to be able to sell for billions of dollars, yep. <laughs> not millions, billions of secure dollars. Secure the bag of that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Secure the bag. And now you're seeing former players become investors in professional sports mm -hmm. because everyone is benefiting from this growth. Media rights, you know, television rights, uh, PR, sports podcasts, da-da-da, gaming. Everyone is benefiting from this thing called professional sports. So it's amazing to watch. I don't know where it's going to go, Mo, but what I do know, it continues to head north. Mm -hmm. And it's continued to go further and further. And it's been amazing to watch. And I want to say this. You know, Adam Silver, Commissioner Adam Silver, what he's been able to do under his watch 
has been simply like incredible to continue. You know, you mentioned it, Mo, the evaluations of these franchises. I mean, Mo, this is like an amazing phenomenon to me. It's like the, the percentage return on investment is like pretty much unheard of most and, other and places. Mo, yes. And this is all happening under Commissioner Adam Silver and Mark Tatum and company. So give these guys credit. The players, they're doing something right. And mm -hmm. we want to acknowledge that. And it's easy to get caught in and who does what, who does things. But, you know, when you look at these star players, you know, you mentioned Steph Curry and you mentioned these players. And now we're Jalen Brown. I mean, Mo, this is like, wow. This is like, wow. And Mo, we see the growth and potential to keep mm -hmm. moving forward. And that's the amazing thing. So it's an amazing time to be participating in the business of sports. And I'm just glad Mo, you and I get an opportunity to talk about it and, yes, and, and be at NBA events like we were a year ago there in Paris and there'll be other events coming up. So um, let's just keep it moving, my friend. Yes, sir. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing what we do. And speaking of that, the Atlanta Hawks are reportedly strong suitors for Pascal Siakam of the Toronto Raptors. They've offered okay. a package centered around DeAndre Hunter, AJ Griffin, and draft compensation to Toronto for Pascal. Okay. What do you think of that? I like it. I I I I like I like the fact that Toronto appears to be now moving in the direction of saying we are going to retool. Mm -hmm. You know, I you know I think Freddy's you gone. Not, well, I didn't know you know you know you and I both are fans of Masai. Yep. And now that Masai was not able to retain Fred Van Fleet in free agency, I think now they're going to go into a full retool, which was which is great. I mean, I think that's the right thing to do for their organization at this particular time. You know, they they lost a really good player in Fred Van Fleet. You know, it's but. The market, that's what the market demanded. So he was able to move forward. I love the fact when executives and teams say, here's our number and we're not going above that. I respect that. I respect that probably more than anything in free agency mm -hmm. is when you, another team outbids you and you say, this is what we value him at, which may be different than another team. However, congrats to Fred Van Fleet. But I think this is the right thing to do for Toronto. I think it's time to move forward get off of uh, Siakam, not because he doesn't fit, it's because I think where they are at as an organization and the timeline, it's time for them to move forward and begin to really concentrate, focus on the draft and start to build around Scotty Barnes and company and move in that direction. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Scotty. I wanted to ask you, you know, he was rookie of the year, then he had a very tough sophomore season. What are your expectations from him for this year coming up? Well, you know, Mo, we 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 always look for superstars and and we love to say who's up next. It's very tough, Mo, to carry a franchise. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't think there's any preparation for it. And and the reason I say there isn't any preparation for it because one, Mo, what it took to to be the face of a franchise in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s is different than what it is today. So this young man, Scotty Barnes, you just never know which one of these players is going to become the face of, you know, yeah. he was kind of thrust into this position and yeah. whether it's deservingly or not, you get thrown into the situation and it's like a sink or swim. Now 
is he an, an is he an incredible player? Absolutely. I mean, he can defend. He's big. He can handle the ball, pass, so forth and so on. But Mo, you, n- not many players are equipped emotionally, psychologically, physically to carry a franchise on their back and perform and win. No, you 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 do some of them have the talent? Yes. Do some of them mentally? kind of understand leadership yes very rarely Mo, do you have a player that has the complete package and is able to withstand that and absorb that and carry a franchise and win at a high level so give this young man credit what i will say about him is he is an elite talent an elite player who has a chance to evolve into that he has a chance now Mo, the thing before you can become that elite player you have to kind of go through the process. You know, Fred Van Fleet and them had already won a championship. Siakam. So there was a pecking order that had to happen. So we'll begin to find out. I think we'll be begin to answer that question probably within the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. But no, make no doubt about it. He's a very talented player. I think he has tremendous skill. He has a nice skill set that I, I really admire because he's versatile. When you talk about a positionless player. I mean, Scotty Barnes is up right up there. I mean, he yep. can do a lot of different things on both sides of the ball. He's a great kid. From what I can see, he has a terrific work ethic. And I think in two or three years, Mo, we'll be able to honestly answer that question to find out if he's no, the number one option, number two or number three. But I think he falls somewhere in between there. But his potential to be the number one player, I think we all can see that. Yeah. Well, if anyone's listening to this wondering why the offer for Siakam might be a little bit low compared to other offers that you get for other, you know, all-star caliber players, uh, with all due respect to AJ Griffin and DeAndre Hunter, but it's because Siakam's in the final year of his contract. He's making 38 million Mm -hmm. and then he's going to hit free agency. And he said that he wouldn't re-sign with any team that trades for him. However, you know, if you're the Hawks, you've got Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, you may have preempted this by moving off John Collins to now have that spot open for Siakam on your roster, excuse me. So how do you like the fit in Atlanta with Spicy P being there with Trey and DeJounte and Capella? Well, Spicy, you know, Spicy P, as they like to call him, Pascal is a is a really, really good player. So I, I, I love his talent. However, he's going into a situation, if he does go to Atlanta, where there are expectations. And Mo playing with expectations is that's a that's a very difficult thing. And the expectation is for this team with Trey Young and company is to advance beyond the first round. I think anything, I think this team is really a team that has to get to the conference finals. And then from there, you know, it's, 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 it's gravy. So do I think they are better with Pascal Siakam than Milwaukee? No. Do I think they are better than your Boston Celtics? No. However, I do think that's a very capable team. I think they can beat any team on any given night. However, I just don't think they are better than the top two teams mm. in the conference, but a very good team. I think they, I think that c- clearly puts them in the top five in the Eastern conference, which is not a bad place to be in, but you know what, as you know, Mo, you, you know, it's all about matchups. They, they, just as well as they could be in the top five, they could also easily get upset with the wrong matchup because it's it's not like having a Giannis or having a Joel Embiid or Jason Tatum who now has clearly separated themselves. I think those are really good players. 
-hmm. However, I don't know if they are the best players in the conference. And let's not forget about Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland, you know what? They're going to get better. You know, Evan Mobley is going to get better, you know, you know, and, and, and Donovan Mitchell and those guys, I mean, they already have three or four all-stars in their starting lineup as is. Mm -hmm. So, but I do like the addition of Pascal Siakam. I, I think it's a good addition. I think it makes it very competitive. I just don't think it puts them beyond the top two or three teams right now, currently in the Eastern conference. Who are your top three teams in the East in order? As is um, today, I would say Milwaukee, Boston, and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. No love for Philly or Miami. As is. Yeah, right assuming, now, assuming they keep complete... James Harden in Philly. So if they keep James Harden okay, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah if, yes. If, okay. they, if, they, if they keep James Harden, I, I'm not convinced that that's, you know, that's that's going to get it done. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, of course, I we know Miami. I think we know what Miami is going to do if they get, you know, now that changes a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, I like Cleveland. I like Cleveland's death. I like what they did. They added Max Struess. I just think they're continuing to get better. You know, let's not forget about, you know, New York is going to, you know, they had a really nice season last year. You know, they're, they're going to come back. You expect them to be a little better. So I think the Eastern Conference is going to be very competitive. I mean, Joel Embiid is clearly, if he's not the best, well, he's the MVP. But he's, him and Giannis, clearly, him, Giannis, and Jason Tatum, to me, are clearly in the top, let's just say top 10, be conservative, top 10 mm -hmm. players in the NBA, right? So that makes them at least top five in the, in the Eastern Conference. And so I, I think those guys are cut above. And then you start putting out the depth of the team. And I expect young players to take a step. I expect Mobley to at some point take a step. Yeah. And I think, and I think that that's good. Yes. Experience, you know, Jared Allen got clowned for saying the lights were too bright in the playoffs, but that's the whole point of getting experience and getting to the playoffs. So mm -hmm. now they're a mm -hmm. squad who knows what they're going to need to expect. And a little bit of pressure on them because, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you want to kind of convince him to stay because the rumors about him in New York keep swirling around. Let me ask you this though, going back to Philly and James Harden. Do you think that we're going to get a deal done? And because the more it goes on, the more it seems like that's just not going to happen. Well, James Harden, it's been fascinating to watch because we're all waiting for disgruntled players. Okay, that's the new phenomenon, if you will, in the NBA is every team is waiting for the next disgruntled superstar to become available. Mm -hmm. Here's a situation now where... I think executives quietly are asking themselves, is this the one that they want in their building? I don't think anyone is saying it. I don't think anyone is saying James Harden is not capable. James Harden is capable of getting 30 points a night. However, at what price point are you willing to work with James Harden and his team to get that done, get that deal done? And mm -hmm. I think that is to me, that's what these executives are saying without saying anything. How effective are it? James has to be. Again, this is just my view of it. James has to have the ball. He has to be the primary ball handler for whatever team he plays with mm -hmm. or else he's not James Harden. That's not good or bad. That's just what it is. Yeah. If, if 
James Harden has to be the primary, and he's a high usage player. Mm-hmm. Now, what we know the deficiency in his game is he doesn't defend very well. And how are you going to build a team around your best player who's not a defensive player? Mm-hmm. And that is the dilemma. Because if you're going to build a team and he's going to be, let's just say when you're top two or three players, that means he's not going to be the usage player that he's going to need to be to be James Harden. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a 30 plus score. Now, everyone wants a 30 plus score. However, you're going to need other things on your team if you're going to be, you know, a championship caliber team. So it's going to be interesting to watch because if James is going to get a trade, then it'd be fascinating to see which team he goes to and what they get back in return. Because that to me is the, is that's the, that's the, to me, that's the dilemma that you're seeing these executives, you know, are are saying without saying anything because no one can say that James can't get to thirty a night. And, now, we and know that. it's worth saying he led the league in assists last year. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You, you offensively, you so that's know thirty points do. plus an extra at least twenty from assists. So okay. he's generating you fifty points a night. Yes, he. But because of the way we play today, okay. One player is not going to beat yeah, the Sacramento Kings. He's still need another hundred. <laughs> the other, yeah, the other way that they play today. Okay, that's amazing usage. Okay, however, you still have to have a team in place to be able to match up. So, and I think that is, you know, either James is going to have to change his game, or we're going to have to find a situation for him to where he can be the player that he is most comfortable being, which is you put the offense around him, you play to a certain way, and then you you play kind of a, you know, a different brand of basketball. It works, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it is the best way to win in the end in today's game. Do you think that we'll see a Damian Lillard Miami trade get done? Because it's been a while now, and it seems like Portland aren't very interested in what Miami have to say. I think Damian Lillard will get moved. I really do. To Miami will get or... Well, I, I think that seems to be his destination. However, I don't know if Miami, without the participation of another team, has enough to get a deal done. Mm-hmm. Okay? You know, as they say, Mo, it takes two to tango. I don't know if Miami's roster currently, as I look at their roster now, has enough to acquire a player like Damian Lillard without the participation of a third or fourth team. Uh, I'm not privy to those discussions. Mo, to get these deals done, they get very complicated. Not only financially, but players and what they're doing and executives, the way they want to, you know, set up their franchise, not only for the current way the team's built, but for the future. You know, I would I would assume that they want some type of draft compensation for this. Mm-hmm. I would assume they want some players who could play and 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 fit in or do, to the style that 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 they how they want to play this year and moving forward. So there's a lot of things that goes into a trade other than you know you have a player who says he wants to get traded. Mm-hmm. You know, Dame did what was best for Dame. Now Portland has to do what's best for Portland, and then you got to find the sweet spot 
in there that works for everybody involved. So, but I do expect him to be moved. It'd be fascinating to see which team steps up if the destination is Miami. That's going to facilitate this trade. Interesting. Um, well, over the summer, we've still got the FIBA World Cup coming up. The USA team lost a couple of times yes. to the USA Select team, which a lot of people are shocked by. I wasn't so much shocked by that. I think they've got some great players on that Select team as well. Um, are you going to be keeping an eye on the World Cup, BJ, to see how this not-so-star-studded, but still very good players on the USA squad fares against the rest of the world? Well, I'm going to be watching. I watch closely. I watched a little bit of the game last night. And I've been following it, you know, the dream team lost to the select team. (laughs) Every team has lost in a scrimmage. Mm -hmm. That's why you have scrimmages. You know, when you're putting together these teams, well, these teams, just because you have these great individuals, you know, they got to figure out how to play with one another. And you got to figure out how they're going to defend and how they're going to play and style and spacing and rotations and coaching and so forth and so on. So, you know, that, that, that comes with time. Now I, I, I like the team. I, I like what I see. However, Mo, you know, how we think of international basketball from a, from an American perspective, you know, USA perspective, we were the dominant, you know, starting with the dream team. We were just dominant. Now, Mo, the rest of the world is caught up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So every team now has, seems like they have an NBA player or two. Well, look at Canada. And Canada's roster is stacked. It looks like an NBA I mean, roster. I, 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 well, it is an NBA roster, Mo. This is a global game now. That That's, yeah. that's the one thing, Mo, that has been the most amazing to me is you're an NBA player. You're an NBA player. I don't care where you're from. Mm-hmm. Right. You you can't keep saying we're 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 Canada. We're Serbia. No, you're an NBA team now. And mm-hmm. now it's a truly a global game. Mm-hmm. The the event. There are no more advantages. It's a global game. Everyone knows the NBA game. Jokic. Joel Embiid, Giannis. Luka Doncic. Shea Alexander, Shea Alexander and Jamal Murray. That's the best backcourt right now. In yep. the world, <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, <laughs> okay. Yep. Let, let's stop acting as if that's the best backcourt in the world. Okay, yeah. Now that used to be that used to be an American thing. We had the best backcourt. Now, so why isn't Canada held to the same standard? The reason being is because you know the rest of the world still looks right now. I think at least publicly, of what the USA, but privately, everyone is like, All right, we can do this. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, behind but behind the curtain. So the best backcourt right now is Canada. Mm-hmm. Jamal Murray and Shea Alexander, it didn't get much better than that. That is like wow, that's that's pretty good. Okay, yep. That, that's really good. And I don't care who they're playing for, those two alone are gonna keep you in a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shea Alexander and Jamal Murray are gonna keep you in a game. So I think it's gonna be very competitive. You know, Luca is very capable of going through the tournament by himself. That his teammates are good as well. Okay, my my, my guy Rudy Gobert is shooting threes now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going there. Okay. We're not going. I'm, I'm being yeah, nice. I'm it's going there because going international Rudy Gobert is a problem on the offensive end. Okay, Inter- international Rudy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'm looking forward to it. 
I think the U.S. team, you know what I like about their team? They have a young team. Yeah. And when I look at these teams, they have a young enough guys that can play a style that you're going to need to play. Mm-hmm. They're going to need to be athletic. They're going to need to get out and defend and take advantage of it, of their athleticism. But however, I don't think they are, they are the clear-cut favorites. Because when you look at the talent of the other teams, these other teams have more experience than them. They're just as big and more continuity. And arguably, the best players. Yeah, the, the best. The best. This team hasn't played together at all. Mm-hmm. The other teams have been playing together for years. So, I think it's going to be very competitive. I think Coach Kerr is up for the task. I mean, what what an amazing coaching staff. I mean, you got Coach Spol, Tyloo, Coach Tyloo. Coach Kerr, I mean, that's an amazing staff over there. So yep. I'm excited to see what it is. I think it's gonna be very competitive. It would not shock me if they lost. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a big deal if they, they don't win gold mm-hmm. because of how competitive the world is right now. I respect the international game. I respect these players, and the best players in the world are again coming together, and we'll see how it works, how it shapes out. But I think yeah. it's going to be uh, very interesting I'm, to see the results uh, at the end of this tournament. I'm trying to see uh, Ant-Man put on a show, have an all-star season after that yes. and, and ascend to new heights. But we're going to be rocking here with you probably uh, back a little bit in the future um, just while I get my new studio set up. And uh, the oh, show nice. is going to continue. The show is going to continue. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you subscribe, lock in Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from. And BJ and I will be back as soon as we possibly can to bring you more NBA talk. And in the meantime, you guys know what to do. It's very simple, get buckets.